Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Hello, wrestling fans. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number nine. I am Joe Morata, and of course with me is Michael Quinn. How are you doing today, Quinn? About nine, almost near ten. We right? are <laughs> nine, almost near ten. <laughs> yeah. Happy December, December 5th, this beautiful Monday. We are here to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling, things we remember and some things we wish we didn't. Yeah. Happy to be back with you again this week. Got a great show in store for you. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to please check us out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can tweet at us, argue with us, agree with us. We take agreements, right? We like agreements. We like arguments. We, we like everything, right? We take both. Yeah. Any feedback is welcome. Yeah. Uh, you can, of course, also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. Quinn, where else can they check us out? Well, they can check us out on the old... Uh ovppodcast.com. That's right. They can go to the website. Mm-hmm. You know, the website. The World Wide Web. <laughs> yeah. They could um, also, they can get us on iTunes. Yeah, iTunes. You can subscribe there. That's kind of newer than websites. I don't subscribe to it, though, because yeah. I don't have to. Oh, right. Yeah, well, you have podcasts right I have, here. like, the MP3s, yeah. the Waves. Yeah, there, there's Google Play. Yeah, Google Play, right? They don't have Waves over there. But, no, no, no. But you can still get it. You can get it. And Stitcher. Oh, yeah, the Stitcher. The Stitcher and the right. FM player, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't it's, know about that. We're just on it. Oh, and you can get us through the RSS feeds now on the website, That's too. Right, just, it's there. And there's even other cool things like the YouTube. That's with the video or something? Yeah, it's <laughs> like you can see us, but not really. Yeah, like you, just, you can hear us on it. But like, you don't see us on we, it. We did a little, I did a little promo spot for you us. Did. I, I, you did. It know, was nice. Yeah, just, you know, to give a little visual cues to what we're talking about. Right. There's really not much to see down here unless yeah. you like the look of uh, unfinished basements with uh, trinkets yeah. around. But if you're a fan of our show, you might like the remix of seeing what we're talking about, That's maybe. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's only one up now, but I plan to do some more later. Good. I, I, I'm, I'm sure you will, Quinn. Yeah. You're, you're good with that yeah. stuff. There's there's a treasure trove of stuff over at OVPpodcast.com. <laughs> treasure trove of yeah. stuff. Folks, uh, speaking of treasure troves, we have over 40 years of combined fandom, don't we, Quinn? Yeah. And we're going to start... I have 49 years of fandom, if you include the nine years this podcast has been on. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Because this is the ninth episode. One a year. One a year. We do one per year. Yeah. This year, we're going to... uh, I'm going to start with our missed opportunity. Quinn, when you think of wrestlers that were in both promotions, WCW and WWF, E, NWA, you know, whatever... Uh, it you normally if you're gonna do a missed opportunity, it's usually WCW that maybe dropped the ball. We have we've had the Bret Hart, right. for example. Yeah, this one is one where WWF did not do, uh, in my opinion, enough with the guy that they got, and that man is Lex Luger. Ah, that's not where I thought you were going. Ah, so <laughs> you so got me. I did get you. Gotcha. Luger made a name for himself in the NWA, Quinn, right? In the in the late 80s. The National Wrestling Alliance. The National yes. Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. He was a main player there uh, from 88 until very early in 1992. I believe he was in the Four Horsemen for a bit. He was in the Four Horsemen. He, he was, was world champion. Yeah, he was the, one of their top guys. And he was, he was an impressive guy. Yeah. You good know, he physique, had a good look. Good physique for that era, right? Like, Definitely. Not, not even saying that... 
he had a good physique of any era, but I'm yeah. saying that, you know, for that era, that was a big deal. He was impressive. Yeah. He was very impressive Looked like then. he could hurt somebody. Absolutely. And he wound up leaving WCW. Um, he dropped the title of Sting in February of 92. Yeah. Next thing we know, he is at WrestleMania 8 in a promo. Yeah, he's Narcissus. <laughs> no, he's not even Narcissus yet. Remember? Oh, the milk promo. Gorilla yeah. and Bobby bring him on the side-by-side you know, yeah. promo, and he's going to be like a guest poser in the WBF, which, by the hmm. way, folks, the World Bodybuilding Federation yes. might be one of the only things of things Vince did that worked out worse than the XFL. Yes. <laughs> that was worse than it's, the it, XFL. It's wor- it, it, like, is an immediate failure. <laughs> Who puts bodybuilding on pay-per-view? What are they going to, like, fight with their <laughs> yeah. muscles? I don't understand. What What is it a federation of? And, like, I don't know. It's, like, how do you be a champion of that? I mean, I guess you win the competition. Well, you just, you do a bicep pose, and then the, your pec hits the guy in the face, and you pin him, right? That's, yeah. Is that what it is? Like, your nipple gets, gets <laughs> him in the eye. I think that's illegal, yeah. though. That'd that, be... There's no nipple rings allowed, no. Because they, they would, like, burst out of their muscles. Right but sometimes eye. they would knock the judges out and then put the nipple ring in and right. knock the guys out Is this what happened? Yeah, I think the so. The only thing I ever remember seeing of this was some primetime episode where, like, they were making Bobby look, like, all stupid, like, because he was like, I can work out with them, and he just looked dumb. He probably and, like, fell over a And Vince is like, ha, 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 like, this is so funny. I'm making fun of Bobby because he's not as... He's rotund and he can't work out as good. <laughs> Let me guess. This is the Zubas eras of Vince. Yeah. Primetime. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. good. So back to Luger. So they have this weird interview with them at WrestleMania 8. Let me see if I can get this right. Okay. See you uh, June 18th, Bobby. Mm. 13th. <sighs> see you June 13th. Every time. Close. Never get it right. See you June 13th, Bobby. Drinks the milk, calls Gorilla yeah. a fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> a fat, fat guy, guy sitting what? next to you. next to you. At WrestleMania 8, right? Right, WrestleMania yeah. 8. Never makes it to the WBF because he's in this motorcycle accident. Legit. Oh, I didn't That's know that. That's why I, he had the steel plate in his arm. I thought he just wasn't the WBF because it was dumb. <laughs> no. So, so basically... Next. Good thing for that motorcycle accident, huh? <laughs> yeah, really. That could have <laughs> that could have made it even in... worse. Yeah. So the next thing we hear is Bobby Heenan is hyping this guy for the '93 Rumble. This he's the unveiling of Narcissus. Right? He's not even saying Narcissus correctly. It, well, it's a different. It's Narcissus. You know, like it's a mythical. I always thought he was just saying it no, wrong. Narcissus is a thing. But then Vince would call him the Narcissus. That they eventually call him. And then the on the video game, remember? Yes, the Narcissus Lex Luger. Yeah. So we're gonna get to that. So basically. <laughs> He winds up doing bodybuilding poses anyway because Heenan unveils this guy at the 93 Rumble and it's Luger, yes, right? It's As a silly. big heel. Yeah, it's really The dumb. narcissist Lex Luger. He just the poses. Yeah, the mirrors. And the, pe- the it, was it ladies holding up mirrors? That ladies holding up mirrors on with top, sparklers. On top of the mirrors. Right. He has this crappy WrestleMania 9 match, disappointing match yeah. against Kurt Hennig. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is, is where they really started to get wacky with him mm-hmm. is. After Hogan loses the title to Yoko at King of the Ring 93, it's like, all right, we need a new hero. Right. And it's Lex Luger. There's this body. Like, the Lex Express. The Lex Express. Like, Luger body slams Yoko on the 4th of July. Right. right? That should be a big deal. It, it was a big deal. And then he sunk the ship. Or? And that's, no. Yeah, he <laughs> no, sunk he Yoko's battleship. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, and um, he turned heel that I mean, turned face that way, right? Right. He comes down in a helicopter, big American flag shirt. Yeah. And he's all of a sudden, he's like Mr. America, right? Yeah. I thought he was Greek, but... <laughs> <laughs> so he body slams Yoko. He drives a bus around for a month, and that earns him a world title okay, shot. Okay, let me let me say one thing about the whole bus thing. Go ahead. 
you know that this guy is not over when they have to do, like, a grassroots, like, bus tour like he's running for president or something. I know, exactly. Like, it's like, he's running for top face in the company. Like <laughs> Basically, like, he was. Yeah, what, are they voting? And Bret Hart was, like, right there, but instead they just, they wanted to Bret go Hart's this like route. Bret Hart's like the incumbent, and, yeah. and Lex Luger's <laughs> running against him. And But they wanted to go that route with Luger. Personally, I thought it was a misfire. That's one missed opportunity, is keep the guy so, heel. To be fair, okay. I, looking back on that, like, when I first, first saw it as a kid, I, I got on board with it. You got like, on board the Lex Express? You, you took a seat no, on the Lex I, Express? You know, metaphorically, I guess you'd say. Oh, okay. But, um, you know, then I saw him body slam Yokozuna, like, or, you know, the count out thing at SummerSlam? SummerSlam. And then I was like, this guy sucks. Like, and that just killed it right there. It wasn't even his own doing. It was like I know, them. and that's one of the things. Uh, I'm just going to progress along with Luger's WWF run yeah. here, right? So he has the the finally the big match right against right. Yoko at SummerSlam '93. Yay! You know, America. Randy Savage is an American flag hat and fucking yeah. jacket and well. all this stuff, right? <laughs> and the, there's people singing national anthems. Aaron Neville singing it for the U.S. <laughs> I think Sato is there from the Orient Express on the Japanese side, and so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Isn't there the geishas, too, with the flowers? Yeah, they're probably there at that. Yeah. <laughs> Love that music. Yeah, good. So Luger wins by countout. Yeah, what the... And then celebrates it! <laughs> yeah, that's the... Cool- okay, he wins by countout, and I'm kind of new to wrestling when I watch that. Yeah, right, right. And um, On VHS. I didn't understand... Why he was celebrating. He looked like a doofus. Yeah. Like the Steiners and Tatanka come out. Why do they raise him, like, hoist him like he's a winner? He wouldn't win anything. He won dick. Yeah. So, and of course, the whole time, Cornette has a stipulation that this is his only title shot, right? So right, fast- which I just figured that out right. recently. So we fast forward to, towards January of 94, where Bret Hart is really starting to heat up, because he was still good throughout 93. Right. The fans clearly still like Bret Hart right. more they than They voted Luger. for Bret. Yeah, they did. Brett and won the election. He did win the election, but you know Vince didn't want to inaugurate inaugurate him just yet. Right. So they do this thing in the Royal Rumble. Luger makes it in. Brett makes it in the Rumble. They almost um, they they both make it to the end and they eliminate each other. It's like a double I elimination. Say, I will say one thing about that. Yeah. I still can't believe to this day how good they got the timing with their feet. They did. That is like. One of those things where I'm like, "There's this is really hard to like do right," and they actually did it right. They did. They did a good job of the double elimination there. It looks like it could be either guy. It does, and like, and they do this thing at the end of the rumble, if you remember, where they raise each guy's hand separately. Right. Brett is clearly getting more crowd support. Yeah. But Vince went with it. So Jack Tubby basically Yeah, the said, real president. Yeah, the, the real not president. Not the fake president of wrestling <laughs> like Lex Luger wants to be. <laughs> so Jack Jack Tunney uh, basically makes this thing where, you know, they each fight Yoko or the champion at WrestleMania. Luger once again blows it because what ha- you know what happens okay. at WrestleMania 10. Okay, yeah. But first, hold on. I just want to address... I've heard there was a rumor... That Luger was like bragging in a restaurant or something like the that's... night before WrestleMania, and they like called an audible, and then he didn't win. I think in this internet day and age, that's been debunked. And besides which, even if he was going to beat Yoko, he was still going to lose to Brett. Do you think he still bragged in a restaurant, but that was still the finish anyway? Like, no, no. I really don't think 
that story is true. No one's ever been able to find proof of it. It was just one of those things that Lex got started. Luger, if you want to be on this show and tell us, let the us truth. know, man. I mean, it doesn't matter now. You can just say it because yeah, it's, it's not like you're running for WWF president yeah, this, anymore. The statute of limitations yeah. on that has yeah. expired. Yeah. And by the way, we we like you, Lex Luger. No, if you're I, listening, I, I really like. Lex this is Luger. why it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. I actually like Lex Luger in general. In yeah. General, I think he's a good dude, and he's a good. He was a decent wrestler. He was, but um. Uh, on to the match. WrestleMania 10. The, who's the ref? The ref is Mr. Perfect. Right. Who, at WrestleMania 9, had his problems with Lex Luger because he, he's fighting with um, Lex Luger to the back mm-hmm. after Shawn their Michaels match. And Shawn Michaels gets involved. Yeah. But they kind of drop the Luger feud. Right. And so it's cool because Mr. Perfect's the ref at WrestleMania 10, and he ends up screwing him like out of nowhere. And even the announcers are like, oh, yeah, that. Remember? That. Yeah. yeah. So they never wind up fighting because Perfect doesn't wrestle. Um, right. Luger does nothing throughout the summer, really. Yeah. And we get to the point where he's just feuding with fucking Tatanka, which we went over in our first yeah, episode. Yeah, that. So we don't need to rehash yeah. that. Native that, American. Yeah. That feud drags on until 95. and then the Somehow. Al- yeah. And then the Allied Powers, which as a kid, I, w- I remember when it was new. I liked them. Did you like them? Uh, yes. Should- I really liked them. Their music was awesome. Their music was awesome. The mix yeah. of Lugers and um, Bulldogs. Should they have won the tag titles? Yes. I, I agree. I never understood that. They should have had a great... Why was... You know, you had Bob Holly and One Two Three Kid running around winning belts. And right. Smoking all- guns and yeah, all that. Yeah, they them. had all this... These... these like problems with the tag division. Right. Why were they just not the champions? They should have <laughs> put those two over uh, Yoko and Owen at like maybe SummerSlam or something like that. Yeah, that could have been a good callback too to the whole Yoko right. feud with Lex Luger. Yeah. Instead, they they did face them at I think the July in your house '95 and then lost to Yoko and Owen. And wasn't that kind of the end of them? That was it. I mean, Luger really didn't do much else throughout August. And then he, he showed up next to that train store in WCW on the first episode. You train remember? store? Yeah, remember there's like, when he comes, what's he doing here? But behind him, there's like a, a train going around the, there's like a, it's like a, you know, a toy train going around the store in the background. And I'll give, I'll give Bischoff and I'll give WCW credit. A, that was a huge surprise. Yes, that was. That really was a legit surprise. His shirt surprise. was a huge surprise. His shirt too. was very white. Yeah. And mm-hmm. very proud. He was yeah. like very like puffy High in that collar. shirt. Yeah. High collar. And I liked what they did with Luger. They, he was like a heel that was friends with Sting. That's where I would say we're veering out of missed opportunity. Exactly. WCW. They picked they, him back up. They picked him right back up. And I heard there was some problems. Bishop didn't trust him at first. But then when they did, they were like, oh, this guy's fucking awesome. And he beats Hulk Hogan and the rest is history. Yeah, really. I, I mean, I Luger's kind of successful from there. I thought his WCW run was so much better than his other, WWF run. Other than the part of his run where he was like with Miss Elizabeth and he had like That's a fitness bad. gear man on his shirt. Remember that? I, yes, I do. I cut off anything WCW related at 98. That's yeah. where I terminate my, like, my, any canon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ends in, like, early 99 right. with them. Anything after that, once Russo got yeah. involved. Workout man Lex Luger. That doesn't like, count. the logo, whatever. Didn't that... he feud with Meat, Sean Stasiak? He might have. He probably did. Who knows? Well, it's Buff 99 Bagwell, WCW. Judy he... Bagwell. He Jeff might have, Bagwell. He might have feuded with Bagwell. I know. John Crook. Yeah. He was more, but he was a heel. He in was a heel, mode. but who? I can't remember any of that anymore. That wasn't good. Don't even worry about None it. None of that Don't was good. Don't even seek that. I won't. It's. I just remember the arenas being very dark when he was there. Was <laughs> because dark. there was no one there. That was a dark time yeah. in general. Yeah. So in general with Luger, we did a nice little job recapping What his... would you do with him in WWF? Well, I mean, it, 
you know, we could devote probably an episode to rebooking Lex Luger. I would have had him if they wanted to give him the world title. I would have just pulled the trigger. Could have always lost at it. SummerSlam, right? Yeah, lost it back to Yoko if they needed to. Or he could have fought Bret Hart at WrestleMania. Yeah, they could have. I don't know if they would have done the face versus do you, face. Do or you think? Do you yeah, think that Yoko needed to be the champion as long as he was? I don't think he needed to be. I don't think it was an entirely horrible idea. Yeah, it just feels weird that like. I know it comes out as a good moment in the end that he beats Yoko at, at 10. I loved it. But Brett, Brett honestly, I could have gone with, you know, maybe Luger turning heel at some point as the champion, like he gets full of himself or something. That would have been fine. Again, and then, it's hard to say if they would have booked like that back then. You well, know what I mean? Well, here's the thing why I think it would have worked. Mm-hmm. It's just because they had spent so much time building up Lex Luger mm-hmm. that by that point, if he had won the belt, if he had won the belt, it would have validated all the buildup, and people would have actually been like, oh, this guy's a big deal. And that's why it was so disappointing in general with him, is he never won a title there. He never really won a big match there. No. And in WCW, he did. Yeah. And that's why it was a missed opportunity. They had a talented, solid, good good guy, good player, good team player. Yeah. Had some kind of weird charisma. Yeah. You know, he did. There he was, was something about him. There was something about I, I, him. I can't tell you what it was. And, I, I have and, no idea either. And you look back to him now, and I think a lot of people don't really um, seem to care about him anymore. No, probably Is not. He, he's not in the Hall of Fame, right? No, but he's a guy I don't even know if we're going strictly off WWF career, which I know they don't do anymore. No, it's your whole thing. Yeah. Then maybe he's a Hall of Famer, yeah. Uh, WWF career, no. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. I think he should be a Hall of Famer, too. Overall, WWF run there from, you know, 92, 3 until 95. Yeah. Bad missed opportunity. If they put him in the Hall of Fame, you think they should put his metal plate in his arm, too, in the Hall of Fame? Like a separate induction? Definitely. (laughs) Speaking of inductions, folks, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back after this. We're ready, willing, able, and we're destined for success. We felt the call to action for the mighty Lexus Express. Body slammer around the world won everybody's boat. It almost knocked the hole right through the bottom of the boat. Yo, we're ready, willing, able, and we're destined for success. We felt the call to action for the mighty Lexus Express. Well, SummerSlam is coming to the home of Bill Lambeer And many other Pistons who are really gonna cheer When Big Fat Yokozuna, who is on a roll, I guess Gets a mega motel welcome from the mighty Lexus Express Let's yeah! I'm one of the biggest legend stars ever in this God! Welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to have you with us here, December 5th. Quinn is going to tell me about something that is overrated, but before he does, I just want to remind you Mm -hmm. to check us out on the Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email at us at at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can subscribe where, Quinn? iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. That's right. And you can go to OVPPodcast.com. Yeah, we got all the stuff over there, too. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, well, all <laughs> kinds of stuff, as Gorilla would say. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff there. Or, no, Art our, our, our Donovan our, said I, that. I apologize. I That's made, okay. So I we're gonna, a mistake. We're going to talk about something overrated. Quinn's going to tell me something that he thinks is overrated. Maybe other people think is overrated. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't. What do you got, Quinn? So this week, I wanted to talk about something that I think a lot of people are fatigued with. Okay. Um, I think that 
maybe this will be agreed upon a lot. And it's more of a way things are run now. Okay. And it started back in the 90s, this, this idea. I'm intrigued. So, in the 90s, um, you know, I think it, I, I don't remember the first one. I want to say it was like just after WrestleMania. They had a little thing called In Your House. Yeah, they did. The first one, actually. Yes. They gave away an actual house. Right. They gave away an actual house and made a big deal about the pay-per-view, right? I'll never forget it. May 14th, 1995. But what this morphed into, and WCW had started kind of doing it with eight pay-per-views, I believe. Yeah, eight or ten. It turned into monthly pay-per-views. It did. That was the start of the monthly pay-per-views. And that's what I is the what I think is the topic this week. Monthly pay-per-views. Monthly pay-per-views. Okay. So what, I think they're overrated. Tell me why. Because I think they just, it's a lot of fatigue. It is not necessary to have a pay-per-view every single month. I think it, it really hurts the storytelling, and it just it, it doesn't give anything room to breathe. It makes title changes meaningless. I agree with that. It almost, there's been points in time since they've been doing this the last 21 years. Right. Where they've had to just throw shit together because they know they have a pay-per-view. Right. And to be fair to them, in the last couple years, they've tried the concept of let's try to attach a match to each of these pay-per-views rather than just making them in your house this or like Armageddon or just some random name. Armageddon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they tried – they want this to work and I know they want this to work, especially now with the network. But I know they want this to work because in general they make more money if there's a pay-per-view. Yeah, of course. Month. You like, get more revenue that way. Right. Makes sense. But I think that it's wreaked havoc on the product. I agree. And I think you have to look back to understand why it's wreaked havoc on the product. Okay. Um, because back in the day, we had, you know, f- we called it the big four, but then there was King of the Ring. Even which, when it was the five, yeah. Even when it was five, it was fine, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. But the thing with that is that if you go back and you look at those those episodes the of the Cindy's, as we had talked about. Yeah, sure. You know, the syndicated shows, I mean, they're building up to the pay-per-view for like Three or four months. At some points, yeah. And the story, it just, the story progresses in such a way where it just makes everything be able to breathe. It makes the event, when they finally get to the pay per view, so much like bigger of a deal than it is now. That's very true. Can you imagine if Hogan and Warrior had fought each other on like Saturday night's main event or primetime? In tag matches, like you know, the no, way they did. yeah, that's terrible. And then they finally, you know, if, the way they they did things back then, like you said, there was a lot of breathing room. There was a lot of tension. Yeah. There was a lot of slow building. Like the most Royal of the Rumble time. was the shortest breathing room you had. That was it, and that was like that was what three months. Yeah, two or three months. That's like for new wrestling fans, it's probably unfathomable that right. you wouldn't have like. Oh, I want to see the Warrior vs. Hogan at the February pay-per-view or something. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I saw them fight at Royal Rumble. It's like, no. No. No, you can't. That just, it doesn't work. No, right? it doesn't work. And, I mean, I also just, it gives me a fondness for, like, the the big four. You know, like, just that, like, even when I first got into wrestling, like, In Your House was new. Yep. But, like, there still was, like, a, a aura around the big four yeah i can say from experience i got into wrestling in the end of june 94 right as i've said summer 94 so summer slam was still two months away but they were already building brett and owen right you know yeah it just it makes storylines better that way right and um i was gonna say like even when i first got into wrestling 
you know how like they had in your house and whatnot, right? The yep. thing within your house that was um cool at first was I don't think in your house was like at every month like it wasn't every month initially. Like it was just they they had like a couple, right? No, I mean no, the idea was that it was gonna be every month. But they phased it in. They didn't do it like they started it in May. That was the first one. Then the King of the Ring was June, and they kept going July, September, October, and December. They did, but here here was one of the differences in the original concept of In Your House is that it was going to be a two hour, which it was, a two hour pay per view that was nineteen ninety five. Mm. It was not a three was, hour. Yes, I do remember that they were cheaper. They were easier to convince your parents to get. Correct. They were almost like an in between. Like they almost marketed it like this isn't as important. Right. This is cheaper, but it's also this like it's shorter. It's more wrestling, right? It's more wrestling. It felt when they first started doing it, it felt like it was like I can't get enough of wrestling. I want to get this because it's more wrestling. Exactly. And even in, in Dump Ass 1995, the marks back then, like you and I, we wanted more wrestling. Right. But now, when you have the pay per view, it's gotten to the point where the pay per view, the pay per whatever the paper I was field. the pay per field, yeah, the pay per view feels less important than Raw the next night. Sometimes. I yeah. mean, that was especially, that's a byproduct uh, of the Vince Russo era. Yeah. That there was a lot going on then in the Vince Russo era, where where sometimes a WrestleMania, you know, like fifteen yeah. or two thousand, would just feel like your average Raw. Yep. Um, just for a little bit more background to to piggyback off of what I said, the first three hour in your house was actually Ground Zero in September of ninety seven. Wow! So they went long with the two hour concept. Yeah. So and and to be fair, there aren't that many notable in your houses before then anyway. Yeah. You know, Bad Blood had that great. Um, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, yeah. Hell in the Cell match. I feel like there was a December one, the first December one that was pretty good with ninety five, or maybe I'm thinking of the ninety six one. I love that stupid ep- that you know the ninety six one with it's Executioner, with and the Executioner, the- Undertaker, yeah, and Brett, all that stupidness uh, versus Sid in the toilet. Yeah, that, that one's yeah. fun. There's like the- some of them were really fun. Um, I just think that like I th- once they started doing it every month, like I had said about the whole diminishing like importance yeah i didn't realize how much havoc it had wreaked until i got like recently till nxt really until nxt why i mean i i it was always lingering in my brain that it was like um that it was broken or whatever Mm -hmm. but i never i hadn't seen okay what if we did that now right if we did the old you know four pay-per-views or whatever (laughs) nxt they decided you know i think vince just Honestly, I think it's the, the reason is because Vince doesn't want it to seem as important or something. Maybe, but in in the consequences has that the it seems, effect. yeah, it has the reverse effect. It seems more important because the takeovers, if you watch them, they're like every three months or something. Yeah, and they're like they build tv around the takeovers exactly and what, it just works it makes you want to watch each television show because it's the only nxt you're gonna get right and i think now right. we're we're in a day and age with the wwe network where there's like 19 new shows on there right. like that people no, you can't watch all that and you throw a monthly ppv on top of that and with the you know the stupid gimmick the hell in the cell pay-per-view yeah the tables ladders and I chairs thought that was and a good stairs. idea first at first, at I thought. first, but now it's not. Yeah, because it... Goodbye. Then, well, then what you end up doing is is you start diminishing those matches. Yes, exactly. They've done irrecoverable... Irrecoverable? Whatever the word is. They've done harm that they can't reverse. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You're right. And, and, and one of the things now that you have, unfortunately, is it used to be a Hell in the Cell match was a... 
conclusion of a feud. It now, was a last resort. Now it's, well, we have this pay-per-view yeah, called well, Hell in the Cell. Yeah, we got Hell in the Cell. We got to do this. It's stupid. And that doesn't even make sense from a story perspective. No, it does not. It doesn't, right? It's like, we have to have this match, <laughs> even though like maybe it's only the first match in the feud because this is just where it lands on the calendar. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's dumb. They're yeah. like slaves to the calendar now. Yes. And, and now even... We've gotten even more out of control recently. I think the WWE is going to revert next year down back to 12. Mm-hmm. But because of SmackDown versus Raw. Oh, yeah. And I think they did that back in the back initial in the SmackDown initial... versus Raw, where there was like two a month or something. Sometimes. It's it's just this idea that there needs to be a pay-per-view every month needs to go away. NXT proves that, if, if anything. Do you ever hear people being like, man, that takeover really sucked? No. No, because there isn't a takeover all the time. You're right. Yeah. Like, There's no oversaturation. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, it's a pay-per-view and it's only two hours. It's that's Again, it's like an, it's an in-your-house that's only on like five times a year max or something. And people like, love it and yeah. look forward to it. Right. And, and I know we're talking about now a lot and it's a retro podcast, but it really has a lot to do with that move in the late 90s. I agree with you. I agree. I don't think that this genie can get stuffed back into the bottle, though. I don't think we'll ever return to a I th- day. I think it can. You th- you do? What about by month? What about just twice? You know, I mean, uh, every I'll tell you other why, month. I'll tell you why it can. Okay. Because they're making more money off the TV deals than pay-per-view now. Pay-per-view only exists to supplement the network. I agree with that. But do you think Vince would ever go for the perception that, oh, they don't do a monthly event anymore, you know? I think he would go for um, maybe not as reduced down as TakeOver is, like, but he would go maybe every two months rather than three. So like six a year? Six a year, and they're three hours instead of two. And you actually want to see them because they're not every month. Right. Yeah. You just All they got to do is keep their big four and choose like two, two other, ones. other ones that they want to keep. That's it. Right. So- I'd say money in the bank and like... What's like? What's another one that's okay? Uh, Money yeah. in the Bank is good because it's in June. Also, it's in a good spot. It's in a right? very good spot, and yeah. it's usually a good pay per view. Yeah, it's got it, a good you know stigma. It's to at it. that right time of the year for a pay per view. Like King of the Ring was in yeah. June, so that'd be good. I would do like a June and maybe like an, an October. No, because Survivor Series is November. Maybe even December because December is like it's the winter months. People are inside, you know, like yeah. And and after Survive, it makes it. It would probably make the build up to WrestleMania a little more complete. I suppose so, or a February one would. Yeah, or a February one. Something like that, yeah. Because WrestleMania is now usually in early April, right? Uh, yeah. So you throw one in the middle of February, at least you're not too close to WrestleMania, but you're a month after the Rumble. Yeah. Or they could do, ah, this would be really fun, this would be a throwback, is if they did a Saturday Night's Main Event on the network, on, um, but only, that would be the, that would be the sixth pay-per-view. You know, that's not a bad idea. Remember when they did that MSG show? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Whenever this they year, do something yeah. out of the ordinary with pay-per-view, it's awesome. That roadblock yeah. was the first That's one. That's the one, yeah. I thought that was going to be so stupid. That was one of the most fun pay-per-views they had in a long time. Roadblock. Was that yeah. MSG? Am I crazy? I think it maybe it was. Possibly. I don't, I don't remember. remember. But Roadblock is what I was referring yeah, to, Yeah, you actually. were referring to Roadblock. Yeah. That was fun. I remember you and I watched that. We were pleasantly surprised. We were pleasantly surprised because it was a second February pay-per-view, but it was different. Like it, it was. It was like two hours, and it was just good. It just had a different feel to it. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you 100%, Quinn. I think the era of these 12 pay-per-views a year, or big events, whatever you want to call them. Overrated. Overrated, and well, and overplayed. Overplayed. I, but 
I think it's overrated in the sense that the fans that didn't live through having less pay-per-views, mm. like they they kind of are like it's an expectation, and in that sense, it's overrated. Yeah, and I don't I I, I agree with you. I mean, I did live through some of the big four, big five era. And it was a big deal. I yeah. remember waiting, you know, for SummerSlam, waiting for Survivor Series ninety four, yeah, waiting reme- for the Rumble. In my in my first or first two years of wrestling, I still remember waiting for the Big Four. Yeah, because the in your houses really weren't as big of a deal. No, they were kind of like they were just an extra hour Raw. <laughs> yeah, essentially, because yeah. Raw was an hour back right. then. Those were the days. Mm. If Raw were an hour now, I oh, might God. actually watch it on a regular it would basis. Be so much fun. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, be in agreement with you on this one, Quinn. The big the Big Twelve got to go. <laughs> big Twelve got to go. They're just it's it's a, the concept is overrated. It is the concept, and it's passe. It's passe, yeah. It's it's something that started in the nineties, and yeah. it's now two thousand sixteen, almost <laughs> two thousand seventeen. Yeah, it's it, it's over. Man. It's enough already. Yeah, people enough. don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, they don't. They and don't. Just I, like Vince Russo said in yeah, the nineties, <laughs> people don't want it anymore. <laughs> and I bet a lot of our uh, listeners would actually agree with us. Yeah. Well, our listeners would probably remember back to the Big Four and yeah. be like, I wish it was like that. We probably even had people that remember the Big Three before maybe yeah, like SummerSlam or Royal Rumble got added. Yeah. So we're going to segue right now into our underrated. This is going to be from a time of the Big Four. Okay. Okay. A little context here. So we're going back. We're going to go back uh, to the early 90s. And it's a match that I feel like gets frequently overlooked. And I love it. And it's not just for nostalgic reasons. I actually have watched it recently, and I really, really like this match and the angle surrounding it. Mm-hmm. It's Savage Warrior 2 at SummerSlam 92, hmm. the unsung match that they had. I might have to disagree with you on this. Oh, you can disagree, but let me let me get my, my case going here. So SummerSlam 92, folks, August of 1992. Wembley, yep. London, right? 80,000 fans. Crikey. You've got the world champion, Randy Macho Man Savage. Second reign. In his second reign against the ultimate warrior, warrior who had returned at WrestleMania 8. Yeah. And it was great because now they're both faces. Right. Whereas Savage had gotten retired by the Warrior the previous year at WrestleMania. Right. That wonderful, awesome match and angle that everyone loves. Yeah. That's all the heat for this match basically is. Yeah. I mean, there's more, but yeah. Right. So now it's like Warrior finds his way back to the WWF and Savage is the champion. Yeah. May I remind you, he finds his way back in a... Like a singlet. Yeah, he was like a prototype Giant Gonzalez muscle singlet. That's You know, that outfit and the way his hair was is partially the reason people think it's like another person. I know that. It's still the warrior. Looks like he's wearing bricks on his body, but it's flesh-shaped. Bricks! Yeah, it looks stupid. <laughs> I only thought bricks just because it's like, it's like supposed to be like flesh like his body or whatever, but it looks like there's spray paint on it, so it always looked like it was like it, somebody it, spray-painted a wall. It looks like the brick wall from Street Fighter 1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The logo. It looks like the logo to Super Street Fighter 2 with the bricks. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So they, they have this match building, and... There's an angle surrounding it, and the right. angle is this. Ric Flair, the former champion right. who had lost the title to Savage at WrestleMania, yeah. and his executive consultant, Mr. Perfect. You mean his manager, basically. Yeah, his yeah. manager, but that's what they called him. Yeah. They're going on TV, and they're saying to both Savage and Warrior, I'm going to be, you know, in Mr. Your- Perfect's like, I'm going to be in one of your corners yep. at this match. Right. Okay, so the match happens, 
and it is a very good match in, in terms of wrestling, in terms of drama, in terms of story, in terms of who's going to win. Because it was the Warrior still. There was still right. a lot of mystique with him. Right. And he this didn't is really like his lose. first big match. It's back. his first big he, match. He had only just run in at WrestleMania. He didn't do anything. Yeah, exactly. He had he had, like had... pointed to the sky and <laughs> you know, he, he used to like remember he was like fisting the he sky. Used, he, he, whoa. Like, yeah, he did. You know what I mean, though. He was like punching it, or he something. he was punching yeah. the sky, and Hogan was whatever Hogan does. And there was pyro everywhere. There was pyro, and that's all he did, though. That's pretty much and all he, he did. He chased off Papa Shango. <laughs> he did the, yeah. the future Godfather. Yeah. So they have this very good match, and what happens throughout the course of the matches of this? Perfect, and Ric Flair in his purple wrestling robe, by the way, <laughs> which is awesome, make their way down, and the first thing they do to interfere is they trip Savage. Right. Okay, so then Vince and Heenan are, like, selling, like, oh, Warriors sold out to Perfect. Yeah. Right? Then, later on, they attack Warrior. Ric Flair right. hits him with, like, brass knucks or something like that. And then throughout the rest of the match, they continue to just screw with both Basically, of them. Basically, they were just fucking with both of them. And the they didn't care who the hell won. Correct. So the like, conclusion winds up being this, is that um, Ric Flair gets hit savage with a chair. On the knee as Savage takes a double axe handle off. He's, he Savage realizes what's going on that Flair and Perfect are just screwing with both of them. Yeah. So he's going to do the double axe handle to Warrior, but instead he jumps to the outside. Flair hits Savage um, in the in the knee with a chair. Warrior wins by countout. Warrior right. chases off Perfect and Flair. Savage and uh, Warrior celebrate together. You know, like right. Warrior helps him up. It's a happy ending. Oh, big faces. Yeah. Big faces. I have heard people complain. That um, this angle doesn't make any sense. I don't think it doesn't make any sense, Joe. But here's my problem with this match: mm -hmm. is is that it's Warrior versus Savage two coming off a year late, like you know, a year and a couple months off of WrestleMania seven. Mm -hmm. Why did we need this Ric Flair, Mister Perfect thing in this? Like, couldn't this just be about the fact that he retired Savage? Like, that's my biggest problem, and it feels inconclusive too. Like, you, they didn't really settle like who really is the best. See, I'm glad you brought that up because I do have a, a rebuttal for that. This match was part of a bigger storyline of Ric Flair getting his title back because what happens is a couple of days after this match. It was televised a little bit later on Primetime Wrestling in September right. of 92. Savage still has the knee injury. He gets help from Razor Ramon and wins the world title right. back. And his whole plan the whole time, he even says it in the post-match promo, to pick apart is, the winner. I was just going to win the title back. That's all he cared about. Right. And that was supposed to lead... To yeah. the Survivor Series 92 match of per, of uh, Savage and Warrior. They would team up to against face. Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. Yeah. So <sighs> that's, it's really, the match is just kind of incidental. Yeah. And that's why it gets overlooked. It was, it's kind of, you know, it kind of brings me just thinking and talking about it really is that, don't you kind of wish that the idea of a triple threat existed back then? Because <laughs> wouldn't that have been the perfect solution to all this? Is that Warrior Savage Flair triple threat match? That sounds great, actually. Like, it, yeah, you know what? You're right. I mean, we were still years away from that becoming a regularity. You know, yeah. triple threat matches. Sure. I mean, that seems like the most the easiest solution is that Survivor Series. Get Razor Ramon out of here. Ugh. He doesn't need to be involved in this. Just have it... We've already talked about how that Razor Ramon sucked. Yeah, yeah it sucked. That right? version of him was terrible. And wasn't Perfect starting to get like better at that point? Too bad they couldn't hold it off and have like a, a, a four-way. 
again, we're we're applying yeah we're applying later nineties booking principles. Not that to much early later nineties, five stuff. six yeah. years though. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying that it's like the the. Those concepts would have been the perfect solution to this problem. No pun intended. Yeah. I think you're right. I think the match itself is overlooked because it's not their first one. I wouldn't say it's underrated, though. I don't think it's that good. Are you I, serious? Yeah, I just... It's What's not, your problem with it? It's just... It's disappointing. Like, it's it, it's not what I wanted out of those two fighting again. I thought it would be this great match you know, it is pretty good though. It's okay, but it's okay. It, there's just too much junk going on with Ric Flair. That's part of the the storyline. Why couldn't Ric Flair though? wrestle someone at that? I was going to say he's already in his robe and stuff, which is funny. He's not ready to get that. They could have just thrown like someone, like some upper carter there for him to beat. Yeah, you know just what I mean. Somebody, just yeah. someone. I'm trying to think who was like around to job to him mm, at that pay per view. The thing is, is like, what do you want him to? He's not going to fight like Jim Powers. Yeah, Jake's not around no more. Jake was gone. Um, so there really maybe wasn't anybody to waste on him. That's a weird year because it's a good year, but I, I feel like 92. as you get later on, the upper card is running out of guys. Well, this is one thing I was thinking the last time I watched it was that's actually Savage's and Warrior's last real big match in the WWF. Savage and Warrior? Definitely yeah. Warriors. Well, I mean, Savage had the crush match at WrestleMania 10. That was kind of like his little cookie. Like, here you go, Randy. Which, I could go on and on about that nonsense. Yeah. About why he's not wrestling for 93. and He's barely wrestles in 93. That yeah. is so stupid. And he barely wrestles in 94. He's not even, like, out of shape or broke. No. He's and not hurt. Nothing. He proved that when he came back to WCW. Yeah, and he was just good again. He was just good. I mean, only for so long, but Until still. about 96, 97. Yeah. But that just proves that Vince just wasted the opportunity to like use him in like the right use him up until like 96 or whatever vince for whatever reason always wanted this like babe ruth as he always says of wrestling this ambassador he wanted hogan to be that guy he wanted savage to be that guy he wanted bret hart to be that guy why transition him to that when he can still wrestle i don't i don't know i don't maybe it was the perception that he was old but at the same time he had fucking roddy piper come back in 94 and fight king doesn't make any sense that those are really old people yeah this is how old was savage at that point he was in his he in 94 yeah he was 41 42 okay not wrestling let me put it this way people need i think people don't understand that in wrestling 40 is not old yet hell bret hart was 40 when he was champion in 97 he didn't look old right hogan was 40 in in 93 i I say 45 is like where you start to get to that point where you look old yeah i agree but in wrestling you know you could you could have a a, your career could finally hit the big time at like 38 and you still got a good seven years on you like that's absolutely like i never understood that whole thing sean michaels was in his late 30s when he came back in O two, yeah, that's a perfect. And example. he was still kicking. He was four, just about forty five when he retired. He never seemed old when he was in wrestling. No, I mean his face like, looked like a catcher's mitt, but right. But it just made him look like a grizzly veteran. Yeah. and it's not like he wasn't able to do the things he wanted to do. Yeah, athletically. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't look old at all. Yeah, so I, I yeah, the, Vince wanting to make Savage this. Babe Ruth or whatever the hell. Yeah, this brand ambassador, essentially. What brand did they... They didn't even talk about brands back then. What was Vince thinking? You know what I mean. 
He remember he was the MC of SummerSlam '94. Yeah, remember when he was like with the Easter Bunny or something in that <laughs> no? picture? Yeah, you've never seen that. What? Yeah, it was during that time where he's in his macho gear and he's like at the Easter Bunny and like giving. What? Yeah, it's not like at a wrestling event. He's at like somebody's house or something. But Wait, yeah, whose house? I don't is know. The Easter Bunny. At? They're on like somebody's front lawn <laughs> no, with the Easter not. Bunny and like children surrounding him. Not kidding. <laughs> whose house? I don't know. It just says Randy Savage at a charity thing or whatever. But they're like in a suburban neighborhood in the background it's really weird <laughs> but this is the kind of garbage that vince wanted you know savage to do the babe ruth which i don't understand what the hell he because that's vince's expression the babe ruth no babe ruth was one of the best baseball players ever i don't then remember- he retired and no one ever fucking heard from him again yeah i don't and fuck- he died i don't fucking remember babe ruth like hanging out with the easter bunny and like handing out bats to children i just remember him hitting home runs you know how i remember it because i was there yeah remember yeah. the remember the 20s <laughs> yeah it was roaring 20s well, this podcast is like 90 years old or that's whatever, true so. and those 20s roared yeah they were roaring all right so my father simon gotch <laughs> simon gotch which gotch was this Carl Gotch, Carl, I don't know, Carl Lewis. Luthez. <laughs> remember when Luthez was at the... Remember when he was, like, at that, like... In your house in In your house, and he's just, like, a million. But he looks, like, awesome. Yeah. And then Sam Sam Muchnick, Muchnick comes like, out, and he's, like, 112. He looks like um how... You remember that movie, Benjamin Button? Yes. Remember how he's, like, born old? Yes. That's what he looks like. <laughs> he's, like, a baby old man. He looks like a wet pillow. <laughs> So, final verdict here before we wrap up is, I just don't think that that match gets enough credit. But apparently, maybe, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's a good match. I don't think it's as good as WrestleMania 7. Yeah. I don't. I think it's a disappointing match. I think it's a different match, though, than WrestleMania 7. You could look at it that way. It's not the same match. I I just, I respectfully disagree with you on it. It's not like I'm like, I'm not going to like go out there and defend. I don't have some passion for this, like, match or anything to the point of, like, I don't dislike it so much that I want to, like, you know, like... I understand. ...do anything to argue with you, you're, but I don't... You're indifferent about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't love it so much that I'm gonna, like... Okay, what like, would you... Yeah! Have, what would you have done... It would Okay, how about this? Because we got another minute or two on this segment. Okay. No fatal four-ways, no, no triple threat, none of that crap. What would you have done, then? What would I have done? Like, because you don't like the angle, right? It doesn't make sense. Would you yeah. have even booked it? Would you have waited? I would have, um... I think that I would have either had them just fight and, like... No storyline with with the flair. They don't need a storyline because they, they have a storyline. It's line. built in. It's built in, right? Right. And then... Or you could have done some angle where the winner faces flair at the end of the night. That's a little ahead of its time, too, I guess, right? Yeah, they've, they've had things. Well, you, they... Maybe you could go into it that, um, say, okay, this is a this is better if you want to do the has to fight both thing. Mm-hmm. Say um, say they do the thing where um, Ric Flair and Warrior face each other on Saturday Night's Main Event or something, right? Somewhere somewhere elsewhere, right? Sure. And there's a draw or something, like, or, you know, by, for some reason they don't beat each other, right? Okay. Then at SummerSlam, it's determined mm-hmm. that Savage will have to face both. But then you do the old WrestleMania Ten thing: whoever like goes for go, whoever goes second has to face some dude at the beginning. What dude? Just a guy to make it fair. What what guy? So say Flair is going on second, right? Yeah, he has to face like another person who earlier in the night. Who? Yeah, 
abort that fucking Rick or Rick Martell, Shawn Michaels thing, and just no! <laughs> have Shawn face Flair. That's one of the funniest things of that show is Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martell. It's stupid though. It's heel versus heel. I rather heel versus heel of two guys that are awesome and have good match. Shawn Michaels versus Rick Flair in 1992. <laughs> don't look at I me don't like think that. It's a bad idea. <laughs> Do not give me that look. <laughs> Speaking of bad ideas, <laughs> we're going to be back right after this. World Wrestling Federation Champion Macho Man Randy Savage. Right you had to hear the accusations from the Ultimate Warrior just moments ago right here. Right they deserve here. your response. Is Mr. Perfect going to be in your corner at SummerSlam? No, I got accusations to the Ultimate Warrior. You have got Mr. Perfect locked in at SummerSlam. Now I know that's the way it's going down. Wait a minute. You're telling me that the Ultimate Warrior is going to have Mr. Perfect in his corner? That's it. You got it. What about this tag team fiasco that we saw earlier on? How can you possibly explain the Ultimate Warrior being attacked by, by Ric Flair, by Mr. Perfect? It just doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense, but it makes dollars in sense, yeah. My shoes cost more than your house. Hey, welcome back to our Vantage Point, your retro wrestling podcast. Time it's for, for our, you. It's for you. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the fans. It's for everybody, really. Everyone wins. Yeah. What a great time. Yeah, it's just a fun little hour. Well, Quinn, I've had fun talking to you so far. We'll see if that continues here because Quinn's going to do our then and now segment. This is where when you've been a fan as long as we have, which is over 20 years each, sometimes your perception can change on something from when you were 10 to when you're 30. And Quinn's going to tell me about something on his end. What do you got, Mr. Quinn? So this one, I think we were talking about the fun at the beginning of this segment. The fun. The fun, right? Mm-hmm. This one I think you'll really like to sink your teeth into. All right. Because it's something close to your heart, if oh, you no. will. Oh, The Hart family. Oh, the Hart family. Okay. Now, then and now, but wait a second. Mm-hmm. This isn't a normal Hart family thing. Uh-oh. Hart family feuds. Hart family feuds. Okay, what are we talking here? We're talking anytime either the Hart family would feud with outsiders or amongst themselves. There was a lot of times. Now, the reason I did then and now on this is because when I was a kid, I kind of walked into this being kind of a fatigued idea. Okay. It was a bit, I just didn't like it as much because they just kept going on with it. The Brett Owen feud. The Brett Owen and then like, you know, like even I like the Har Foundation, but I, I always felt like, man, are we still doing this like they're a family thing? Like You mean the stable, the Har Foundation yeah, stable. Yeah, like... like you know, I always just, I not that it was bad, it was just like, it was like, yeah, it's always like this or whatever, right? Okay. And I just wanted to kind of take you back and really just talk to you basically about just the sheer comedy and like just also the good moments that, you know, Hart family feuds always entailed. The first one was Bret Hart versus the Bulldog. Speaking of SummerSlam 92, coincidentally, that was the first feud amongst the family and they were acknowledged as family right and diana was at SummerSlam 92 and that, if you recall. yeah and that's a great moment too that's a really good moment excellent um, match um Happy yeah ending to and it. i think that's kind of the prototype would you say right for i like, would 
I, well, I mean, if you want to go back even further, they kind of introduce us to the Hart family even earlier when Brett wins the Intercontinental title and, like, Stu is, like, <laughs> in the ceiling or something. <laughs> Why is he so high up? And then, like, Mean Gene, like, interviews him. He's like, what do you— No, it's, it's Alfred Hayes. Alfred Hayes. What do you think of the match? And then they, like, move the mic away from him really fast. Like, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Stu, tell us exactly what you think about the sun. Wonderful. I'm just, why don't you go? It's yes. so stupid. And it's absolutely true. And I feel like that's the perfect introduction to the Hart family. <laughs> and, and because what, Stu just yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had him had him. Yeah. That's like all that happens. Yeah. Bruce is there too, but like they don't talk to Bruce. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Like fucking Bruce Hart with a stupid bandana. He's the blonde one, right? I always yes. mistake. All. Who's he, the fireman? The Keith. Yeah. With the mustache. Bruce is the one who thinks he's like hot poo. Right? Yeah. He like, thinks he's. He's so good. He's so good. Sunglasses on all the time. He's an idiot. <laughs> then, then you see him and Owen. But Owen was already a wrestler at uh, at SummerSlam '93. Remember during the Jerry Lawler feud? Oh yeah, I think uh, briefly. Like, briefly, yeah. they're there. They're at ringside. But let's get let, let's. So that's like the first introduction, yeah. right? And then now we got at the Bulldog one. We got the Diana Hearts introduced to this concept, and she became something. All right, but she became something. Um. I always did. You always think that they like hyped her up to be beautiful because back then, if we're talking then and now, I always like they acted like she was like some supermodel or something. Not in '92, maybe during the Shawn Michaels thing with Bulldog in '96. Yeah, but I I still felt like they're like there's beautiful she wife. She's pretty. Like, she's pretty, but I I'm just saying pretty. it's like I feel like they were trying to make her a character like immediately. She won Miss Calgary in 1997, you know, or Mrs. Calgary. Mrs. Calgary. Mrs. Calgary. I'm not Stampede. saying she wasn't pretty. I'm just she saying was. that like she that... she might follow us on Twitter for all we know. <laughs> Is she? She's still okay with the family, right? There's no ill will there. Quinn, I cannot keep track of the Hart family like yeah, dissension. I mean, and everyone's and... always mad at each other. <laughs> I feel like no offense. I love Bret Hart. I loved Owen. Yeah, I like. You know, I actually like the family. To be they, honest, those with you. guys do not get along. They though, don't most, get along. Most of right. them. But beast, let's not go too deep into that. So they have the bulldog thing, right? And then our next heart thing is, um, you know, the the family in the Survivor Series match, right? right? Which, That's like our big next thing. Exactly. Where you got Keith and Bruce. Who? Yeah. yeah. All those. <laughs> yeah, you got all those. But I remember a lot of that that was really funny is and this is introducing the next concept that i kind of wanted to talk about was that whenever a commentator has a problem with them oh my gosh it is some of the funniest stuff like even now and like again then and now like back then i'm you know either jerry lawler or bobby the brain talking about it it kind of a lot of the jokes went over my head right oh my gosh they're funny bobby is on fire at At survivor Survivor Series. series like it almost like as soon as he sees Helen Hart, it's like a punchline that he cannot let go of. Her face can hold an eight day rain. She's got corrective hose on. Yeah, a stew. He, he can't get enough of that either. Yeah. Helen, I'm damp. Like yeah. all this stuff. And then that starts kind of the trend from there of like, you know, the comment, the heel commentator always has a problem. Yeah, with the especially family. Lawler. He was so funny. He was actually legitimately funny with yeah, that stuff. That's too. the, and I'll say this the Lawler stuff. Looking back is much funnier than when I was a kid. Absolutely. Because I got like a little when I first got into wrestling, the big Lawler versus Brett thing going on was like that whole Isaac Yankum thing. Ugh, I'm sorry. Right. And so like I was like, I'm done with this. Like I don't care about Jerry Lawler feuding with Brett Hart. No one did. But Trust honestly, me. the the 
the um the genesis, if you will, of the feud mm-hmm. is hilarious. It is because like, it dates back to ninety three, right? And Lawler, it just he's another one just will not see, he he kind of takes up the Bobby the Brain Heenan mantle and like runs with it. There's that Raw in the Manhattan Center in the summer of ninety three where Bret Hart's wrestling somebody and Lawler's in the stand, in the balcony in the Manhattan Center just <laughs> making fun of the Hart family the whole time. It's funny. It's <laughs> yeah, really funny. It is. I, I love looking back at that Lawler stuff now with that but I, I like I said at the time it was it, it went over your it head went, it went uh, so a lot of it went over my head and a lot of it just was you didn't appreciate it for I what it was didn't appreciate it for what it was and right. how good it was and you know I felt like Lawler just never seemed a threat to them like it always seemed like oh okay yep. Lawler's gonna get beat up Brett's or gonna kick his ass or right. he's gonna eat you know feet or whatever eat feet yeah eat feet. the match that, that you know what was funny about that that foot match looking back at it 1995 kiss my foot kiss my foot match at, at was it SummerSlam? king of the ring king of the ring yeah um what i thought was funny was that i remember on superstars and raw that jerry lawler was like keeping his foot in like pigs <laughs> pig styes and like yeah, and horse trucks and yeah stuff. he was just like finding the most disgusting stuff to put his feet in and remember he like walked around barefoot <laughs> yeah. and, and claimed he didn't wash his feet for like three months yeah. again when you have three months to build to a pay-per-view <laughs> wow look at all the stuff you can do yeah you can walk around with no shoes you can walk around with no shoes on till from wrestlemania to in the ring like and, and then it actually like seems like oh man if brett loses that's really actually going to be pretty horrible that's a smelly foot yeah the um one of my favorite heart family moments is actually at SummerSlam 94 94 okay. because you got jim neidhart in the audience but like he's all the way like behind the rest of the heart right family. there's that division and i wanted to start to get into divisions that's Go a ahead. good segue Go ahead. because the first division the first crack in the armor because the bulldog one is really we like each other, but you know, I want to be a champion, yeah, and I want to temporarily fight mad at each other. Yeah, and and they weren't even like mad. It was more. It felt more sporting. If yeah, you, like you know what I mean. Like it wasn't like a, there's a touch of class to it. Yeah, you they know? said there, there, there's a little friction in the family, but nobody's fighting or anything. You know. Yeah. But when it first starts happening with Owen at Survivor Series '93, right? That's that's the first real crack in the armor, if you will, the and crack in the, in the foundation, armor. perhaps. You like that? Yeah, I like that. Thank you. You did very good on that. Thank you very much. But um, Owen... What what happened there? Owen um, is the only one eliminated in the Survivor Series match. That's Um, right, yep. And he comes out, and they're all celebrating and whatnot. And Owen's eliminated because he, like, Bret Hart's, like, stumbling on the frickin' apron like an idiot. It's true. He looks like a goof. Like, he's like... Where am I, bonk? Like, and Owen hits him, looks... I, does he look back, like... Yeah, oh, he, like, looks at Brett. He, and like, then, slightly looks back, and then he just gets rolled up... By Michaels. By Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And this is the start of the feud. And I... <laughs> there's some funny things about this, also. It's like, not only is Owen hilarious, but it, the... <laughs> I just remember it starts where Owen is like all like I'm back with them, and he has the stupid hair with a dumb shirt on his helmet hair. Yeah, he's got helmet hair, and he's got like he's got like a teal and pink like like flannel style shirt on. <laughs> like he look, and I'm gonna team with my brother, and at he does Royal Rumble '94, and then he kicks his leg and out that's of his leg right after leg they lose. Yeah, leg. he like gets all mad that they lose, yep. and then he kicks fi- his leg. Yeah, he kicks his leg out of his then, leg, out of his leg, and then. And then they have their match at WrestleMania 10, which is a classic. That's One probably the, the highlight moment of the of Hart family Gosh, feuds I in general. I love that match. You know that, Quinn. That yeah. is, for the record, folks, that is my favorite match right. ever. And I, that, I really mean that. And you don't have to agree. 
That is my personal favorite wrestling match that, that, that I've is, ever seen. That is a perfectly okay match to be your favorite match. Like, there's no, right. like, yeah, who would argue with it's that. It's not, like, like, too much of a stretch. Yeah, it's not some... It's it's definitely, like, in a top ten list of anything. Yeah, it might not have the this is awesome type yeah. of crap in it, but, man, that it is such a good Japanese. match. It might not be Japanese. It's Canadian. It might not be Japanese, Dave Meltzer, but yeah. what a great match and one of my personal favorites. Right. That and that does get us to the King of the Ring, where Owen's just so douchey, yeah. about winning the King of the Ring. Yes, remember when he gives a speech? He just looks like such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's almost reminiscent of the Spew speech at WrestleMania ten, where he like he like Owen wins at WrestleMania ten, and the funniest thing about that win is that after he wins the match, um, Todd Pettypoop comes and interviews him in um in like the like hallway or something and and owen is like bragging i beat you brother and all this but the whole time he's doing it he's just got this white like spew on the side of his mouth it was like he was brushing his teeth that's what it looks like and forgot to wipe yeah it's like the foam from the toothpaste just like on the side of his mouth it's really just like sweat saliva crust i don't know what it is it's bad it's good it's bad but i mean that is the precipice for like the whole owen hates brett thing it's amazing because and brett wins the title that night and owen is so jealous and so pissed so he goes out he he rightfully is pissed because he beat the guy that won the world title like in the same night I know, but that's just... Fair and square. He didn't cheat. That's the breaks. That's what I loved about it. He didn't cheat. Owen won fair and square. There was no holding the ropes, tights, nothing. Like, he he just beat him. He strictly just beat him. Right. And then they fight at SummerSlam in the cage, and and I love that ending where all the Hart family jumps in, and Bulldog, who had returned that night, gets involved. Neidhart's on Owen's side, of course. Yeah. That is so awesome. They padlock the cage. Remember that? Yep, yep. And that was kind of the height of that that feud. Right. The, that Brett and Owen feud. That was probably the height to me of the Hart family feuds in general. In general, although if you want to talk about when they feuded with other people, Canadian Stampede. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. And actually, I was going to say, I think we're forgetting one other aspect of Hart family feuds. Go ahead. The Survivor Series 94 with the... <laughs> Yes. Brett in, that we talked about in the Survivor Series episode of Brett and the Chicken Wing for 300 years. Yeah. And then, but it is funny. Owen, it, Owen is awesome during it that. It is funny that somehow we get Helen involved again. And Stu. And the best part. And the Bulldog. And the Bulldog. The best part is Stu knew the whole time what Owen was doing. Right. He's not tricked. Like, he's right. like, I know this little brat what he's up to. Like, yeah. And he's trying to yank in the towel away from Helen and yep, all this. Yep. Which was such a nice touch. Yeah. Like the old, old uh, I know what he's doing there, Tiger. Yeah, I know, you know. what he's doing there, Tiger. <laughs> and Helen, but, Helen's just like a mom, you know? Yeah. So she wants her son to be okay. That was a well-written right. yeah, little that, angle that, there. That is a good thing. And again, a lot of this stuff, I was fatigued with the hearts at that point. Right. And didn't really care. But um, it's just really good stuff looking back. It really was, And yeah. I'd say the next phase, you were talking about Canadian Stampede. Yeah. Of this is that this Owen feud just keeps going, right? It never the, really ended until right. it, it, Brett it leaks, heel. The next point would probably be, I'd say, is when he teams with um, Yokozuna first. I love that. And just to get revenge on Brett because Yoko yeah. was his like enemy. He's like, I'm going to win the tag titles because I can. Yeah, and Yoko's <laughs> his mystery partner. And that mm-hmm. was a big deal because it was like the year before Yoko was the big enemy of brett i loved it when they did that so there's that first but then that morphs into the british bulldog yeah a year now the british bulldog turns heel Mm -hmm. and then then you get some wacky stuff with with um like we were talking about with um the, the bulldog's wife yeah, Diana with and Shawn Michaels and all that. But does she? 
allegations. Yeah, there's of some allegations. Kind. But when you hit that gray area in late '96, where Austin's feuding with Brett, but also the Bulldog and Owen. Yeah, and I don't. Th- I think I didn't realize how much I didn't appreciate that at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't because I don't think I saw the Hart Foundation formation coming. I in didn't. any way. As weird as it sounds, maybe people did. I didn't. No, I didn't either. It was just really awesome because Bulldog, if you recall, especially when he won the European title, he actually kind of turned face almost. Right, because that was when Owen was like, I'm the two-time Slammy Award winning. I'm better than you. And I'm better than you even though I don't have a belt. Right, and Bulldog won the European title. I remember that match. It was on that horrible Raw. And um, (laughs) really, like the one right before they switched to the two hours and the Titan Tron and all that. Yeah, the better. Yeah. The better everything. And then they they feuded after WrestleMania 13 for a week, and then Brett... Yes, and this is where we get to the formation, right? Mm -hmm. And this this is a highlight right here. This is another highlight of all of this is that that segment where the Bulldog and, and Owen are finally like it's they've had it. They're finally yep. going to fight. Right. Yep. And Brett comes in mm-hmm. and Owen crying. Oh, my God. It's, it's so, so good. good. And Brett, my favorite part. That what I'm, raw is that? Just do you know for the viewers? Um, is that is that your date? Uh, uh, it's either March 31st or April 6th okay. I, or April 7th. I, I honestly can't remember. I, I feel th- like it's right after WrestleMania or something. I think it's March 31st, but don't quote me on it. Okay, I yeah. Think it's or it might the be March, the week after it's WrestleMania. Not, it's not the day after. That's yeah. where he says, kiss my ass. Yeah, it might be the week it after. It might be the week after, which would be it's March quick. 31st. It's 97. quick. It is. But and, you want to go and describe yeah. that? Because I know you love that. Yeah, and we're just about out of time here, and I, I could talk about keep going. Lord Alfred. Forever. Lord Alfred, keep it quiet over there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, my favorite part after Brett, like, you know, I love you, Owen, and all that stuff, mm. and Owen's crying and big group hug. And as he's doing the group cut. Group hug. He looks at the hard camera and at the audience with like this absolute look of disgust on his face. Yeah. <laughs> in what should be like such a happy moment, you know what yeah. I mean? Because like Brett and Owen are finally Brett's reunited. Brett's almost like I've played him. Yeah, like, like I got him. He, I, I I turned him. Brett's look basically just says like "fuck you" yeah. as he's looking around. Yeah, and I love that King is like all emotional because King's a heel. So yeah. no matter what, yeah, he's gonna. He hated Bret Hart for years. Now all of a sudden, he's big Bret Hart fan. Yeah. Yep. Big Bret Hart fan. And what I loved about that, too, as we're talking about the Hart Foundation, is they get Neidhart in a few weeks later, mm-hmm. then they get Pillman. And if you remember, during that Canada-USA feud, right. there was sometimes, like it wasn't every other week, but there were a lot of Raws that were done in Canada. Yeah. And what I loved about it is when... When Raw was in Canada, the Hart Foundation was face. Yeah, and they treated them as such, and even Lawler. And Lawler would yeah. support Austin. Right, and, like, he the would heels. flip when they went to Canada. There that, was consistency. It was beautiful, but yeah. then when they went back to the U.S. And the oh, Hearts that guy's were, <laughs> that so guy's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it, he like it, he King went off the crowd reactions versus the character, which is what he should be doing. Which I thought was fantastic. Um, will you say that? Um, I guess it kind of. Ended on a bad note, basically. I I, I think many people would say that. But I'm saying that's kind of the... When the screw job happens, that's kind of the end of any... WCW didn't do any heart stuff. No, I mean, the the closest they got is Bulldog and Jim Neidhart were like a D-level tag team in 98. Yeah, but they didn't even like... I feel like they didn't even interact with Bret Hart. They didn't really, not that I know of. And of course, WCW never was able to get Owen. There was also some kind of connection with... um, Rick Rude, like, bragging when he went over the show the same night, and, like, it's like, <laughs> I left because of Brett. Like, yeah, basically, <laughs> which was funny. Yeah. 
Um, man, I, I, I tell you this, I, I love the Hart family stuff. I didn't so much care for the 2010 version when Bret Hart yeah. fought Vince McMahon and all them that got involved. That was stupid. I do like the Hart family DVD. The Heart, Heart, Heart and Soul, I think? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it's that called. What it's called. Whichever one that is it's is like from really like good. from like 05 or it's old. No, it's from like 09. Still, it's old. It's it is really old, yeah. No, it's old, but yeah. it's really good because yeah. they actually talk about each member of the family. Right. It's not just about Brett. You yeah. know, it's about... No, I remember liking that. They talk about too. Smith and, and I I would just <laughs> say... Yeah. I would Ross. just say to wrap it up, if you lived during it, it went on so long that you might have not appreciated... The yeah, subtleties and like great things that happened because it was just like a given. Oh, Brett, no one don't like each other, right? Yeah, it just exactly. went on for like three years. It just went on for so long of them not liking yeah, each other that it it really could be perceived at the time like okay, enough with this. Like, yeah, exactly. Like enough. <laughs> like it's it never ends. Like. But- Unfortunately, this does end, Quinn, and it's been a really great show. I've had fun, as always, talking to you. It's been great talking about wrestling, isn't it? The yeah. retro wrestling. It's just awesome. It's fun. It is fun. And, folks, we want you to join the fun. Tweet at us at OVP Podcast. Email at us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, where are they going to subscribe? Once again, you can go on the iTunes, the Google Play, or the Stitcher if you want to subscribe. You don't have to worry about getting the next episode next week. It It'll just, be there. It just pops right out in your iPlayer or whatever on you your, use. On your iPoopy. On your face space or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, have a great rest of your day. Hopefully we've helped you pass an hour or so at work or on the drive. We're here for you. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. What's your overrated? What's your underrated? What's a missed opportunity? What's your then and now? Let us know, and we'll be happy to talk about it in one of our next episodes. Anything else, Quinn? Uh, you can go to ovppodcast.com also. Aha, uh-huh. you can go to ovppodcast.com also. Don't forget about the .com. That's right, and the YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube. We got <laughs> we got tons of stuff. The Facebook now. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're exploding. MySpace? Uh, no MySpace. All right, folks. On that note, <laughs> we're out of here. Anything else, Quinn? That's all I got. That's all I got, too. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. We'll see you next week. See ya. What are you fighting for? To satisfy a bunch of people that don't know the first thing about family values. You're talking about a country that's based its entire history on brother against brother. That's what they've done. They've taken our family and turned us into a bunch of haters. Oh, I've known you since you're a baby. Owen, I love you. I love you. I can't believe what we're seeing here tonight. Look at that look of disdain. Shut up, man. Shut up. This is beautiful. Will you you stop? Stop. Stop. Stop.